Hello, welcome to the Sapiens Insurance 360 podcast. I'm your host, Andy LeBrow, Sapiens Vice President of Product Management, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in. This is where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues from across the insurance solutions and technology spectrum. We have a fantastic guest for today's program, Ben Zimmerman, founder and CEO of Opterix, an insurance solutions firm whose powerful risk intelligence platform enables carriers to proactively identify, quantify, and mitigate avoidable losses. Ben has spent his entire career developing predictive analytics and visualization platforms for weather-sensitive industries. Before Opterix, Ben helped scale a niche weather company into a global leader that was ultimately acquired by the Weather Channel and sold to IBM. He has developed products for both government and commercial entities and the media, renewable energy, public safety, agriculture, and insurance industries. Ben also spent several years with an industry-leading innovation team within American Family, a top 10 PNC carrier, where he developed valuable machine learning and automation solutions throughout the organization. Today, we will be discussing the evolving insurance risk landscape. And Ben, welcome to the program. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, welcome again. And Ben, it's no surprise that given the effects of climate change, namely more extreme heat and cold, rising sea levels, and more frequent and severe weather events, insurers are more concerned than ever about how increased insurance risk will affect their bottom lines. The recent moves by several tier one insurers to stop offering new homeowners insurance policies in California and Florida have kicked off a national conversation on insuring risk in an increasingly perilous climate. Momentum continues to build on this topic as the U.S. National Hurricane Center has already seen 17 named storms this year, of which six were classified as hurricanes. So, Ben, talk to us about the current insurance risk assessment models. Are the reserving and actuarial models currently used still viable? And if not, why and what should they be replaced with? Yeah, wow. Well, loaded question right out of the, right out of the bat, Andy. <laughs> Thanks again for, for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I studied meteorology uh, in the mid '90s, and I can tell you the last 10 years just don't look anything like uh, the last 25 years of my career. There is just things happening that I, the industry has just never really seen before. So, you know, your question: Are the current risk assessment models still viable? Well, th- they're all we have uh, right now. Uh, you know, traditionally, catastrophic modeling leverages history to really guide a methodology of like stochastic models. So you're looking at the financial impacts of these synthesized uh, events, whether it's, whether it's hurricane, wildfire, earthquakes, and those synthesized events, and we're talking thousands, 10,000, 20,000 events, and how they might impact your portfolio are guided by history. So that's why you don't have a bunch of hurricanes showing up in, in North Dakota. The problem is, like I mentioned, the last 10 years doesn't look anything like the last 40 years. So it's pretty safe to assume that a lot of these models are going to be underestimating some of the types of events that we're, you know, that we're seeing now. So are they viable? Well, they're necessary. Um, are there better ways to model in the future, uh, like by incorporating climate projections or different ways of measuring risk? I definitely believe so. Thanks for that, Ben. On a different note, are current risk mitigation strategies effective given the dynamic changes in the weather? Will capacity management become more and more of a requirement? Oh, yeah. Great question. So, you know, we're tracking what if there's 2023, I think there's already been 23 like billion dollar events. Uh, You know, we're already on schedule. If, you know, 
NOAA, the National Weather Service, has been monitoring for the past many years these billion-dollar disaster uh, events. And 2023 is already on par to be one of the top five years in the in the last 20 years. You know, a lot of that has to do with um, with these secondary perils. So, as a meteorologist, I've always been fascinated with like severe convective um, storms and what are traditionally you know classified as like a secondary peril. But if you look at severe convective storms in 2023. And actually, if you look at it in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, it is the driving force in losses in the insurance um, industry. So we definitely think there's other ways to, to mitigate, you know, strategies to mitigate some of these risks. Aggregate management or capacity management is one of the best ways to do that. I mean, one method that, uh, that we have been delivering for several years is to just break portfolios into tiny little geographic um, areas and put caps on each of those small areas so that you're just not, you know, carriers, reinsurers aren't putting too much total insured value in any given um, geography. You know, the cliche, too many eggs in one basket. That is like the easiest thing to do. But also other things like just optimizing moratoriums, uh, improving underwriting insights uh, with better data that's now available with some of these new um, data providers. I mean, there's a number of ways um, to really help mitigate the changing landscape. Uh, and that, that applies both to personal lines as well as, as well as commercial lines. That's really interesting, Ben. Thank you. So while the changing risk climate create an even larger excess surplus market as increased need for flexibility may make filing traditional products cumbersome and limit speed of change. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, Andy, without question, we're seeing a huge uptake in uh, in the specialty market. Uh, a lot of specialty MGAs are starting to like pop up everywhere. And it, just like you said, it is the freedom of rate, the freedom of form that is going to enable um, carriers to provide services that can be profitable. <laughs> I mean, it really comes down to that, provide excellent service, in, but uh, ultimately that incorporate the true actuarial risk associated with, uh, with some of these products. Um, so yeah, we're, we're doubling down with, uh, on the specialty market without question. Absolutely. So what are the effects of the changing risk landscape on the personal market and on the commercial market? Yeah, so we're seeing, um, like you mentioned, a lot more um, flexibility, especially when it comes to pricing. So, you know, one, one thing that uh, we've been providing is a different view of what we would call accumulation uh, risk. So regardless of the probability of any events um, happening. We've got tooling that enables any user, any carrier to actually look at accumulation through, uh, I'll just say a variable lens, whether it's an event that might be a half mile or a mile wide, like a, an F4, F5 tornado, uh, whether it's a massive swap from like a hurricane, which might be more of like a 15 to 20 mile radius. We give the controls to actually build, this is a non-stochastic methodology. This is really just looking at no matter where an event may occur, where are your peak accumulations? And by leveraging a number of algorithms that, that we've actually built in order to process weather data, we're dumping business data into those same algorithms and we're actually building a spatial distribution of accumulation so that carriers now can actually see what their accumulations look like, not just a pinpoint on a map. They can actually see the spread of risk and how, you know, adding an account, let's just say you're in, in commercialized, what adding a large uh, national account would actually do to the shape uh, of your accumulation. And of course, we can route through all the financial 
calculations, all the financial structure, you know, reinsurance, attachment points, exhaustion, deductibles, limits, both at location and policy. We, we take all those things into account to really help risk managers identify where are their peak accumulations and either use that data to set dynamic pricing or, of course, in the need that you have to reshape your portfolio altogether, uh, use that information to set things like non-renews and, and cease binds. So, um, yeah, I, I believe leveraging these new insights for both uh, personal and commercial lines is really going to help drive uh, profitability throughout the, uh, the industry. One final question. Do you think that other states will find themselves in the same situation as Florida and California find themselves? Um, yeah, great question, Andy. I think, I think I committed when you asked me to come on this, I, I committed that we wouldn't have a political discussion. So, um, <laughs> uh, there is no question that, that, uh, the specialty market can help solve a number of the problems that we're seeing. Um, at least when it comes to just like analyzing risk, um, when you start adding in other regulatory things that are a little bit outside of, I'll just say mother nature's control. Um, that's where we're actually seeing some of the issues, as you know, in, in Florida and, um, and in California. So, you know, if we continue on the same trajectory, which is kind of the, we'll just say the economic, environmental, and regulatory hurdles <laughs> all combining at the same time, if we're trending in this direction, we're absolutely going to see more, more states like Florida uh, and, and California. But I do also believe that... Uh, um, the industry as a whole has the ability to solve these problems. And I think a lot of this can be solved through the specialty market. Carriers need the freedom of rate and of form in order to innovate and help and drive great products uh, and, and customer-centric solutions to, uh, to policyholders that, that need to mitigate from these risks. So, you know, I don't know that everyone's going to be able to afford these things, uh, but I do believe that, that the specialty market can, certainly can help. Thank you, Ben, for chatting with us today about such a timely topic that I'm sure we'll continue to hear more about in the coming months. We really appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing you in the near future. To all of our listeners today, thanks so much for tuning in and spending your time with us today. We love hearing from you. So if you have comments or would like to follow us on social media, please reach out to us on our channels. We've got so much more coming, so be sure to subscribe and tune in next time to Sapiens Insurance 360.